the real estate market is open. Ramos Design Build is Tampa Bay's premier construction company. This is a program where the real estate experts are live. Whether buying, selling, building, or designing, Ramos has the answers. Now, here's the area's best resource for all things real estate, James Ramos. Welcome to a soon-to-be-successful edition of the Move With Me program with James Ramos of jamesramos.com and Ramos Design and Build. I'm Dan Maduri. Uh, you know, James, it was kind of interesting because, um, you know, a lot, a lot of people are looking to move. They're looking to maybe do some things with their houses, and they're, they're always saying, hey, I go online, I Google something, and a thousand people come up. How, how can I actually identify who the expert is online? How do I know who is the good person, who is the bad person? There's a thousand of them. Do I just go based on price? But I don't want the cheapest one, but I don't want the highest one. How do I figure out who is the guy? Well, I tell you, I mean, you're right on. There's more avenues. There's more channels. There's more print. There's more, you know, digital media options. I mean, when you go into, for example, you know, a re the Remax convention in Vegas, it's a global convention. I mean, there is so many vendors there you know, out trying to fish for agents and getting their attention. Yeah. There's so many ways to spend that hundred bucks or a thousand, yeah. you know, and it's, and it's overwhelming. You know, we have, um, we've been trying to do, you know, quite a bit of, you know, advice and driving coaching and things like that. So if you have a budget of a thousand, um, you know, what can you do with it? Yeah. You know, but I tell you, you know, with, with all the different channels, it's very difficult, you know, and as the market is getting better and better, there's more, there's more entrance, you know, so there's more shingles being, being hung, you know, there's more competition, whether you're a builder or a designer, um, you know, so cutting through that clutter is a very, uh, difficult and it's one of those million dollar, you know, questions, mm -hmm. you know, how do you, how do you get to that proper consumer? Mm -hmm. But did you so you find yourself doing unique marketing type of uh, moves in order to basically drum up interest? Yeah, I mean the way I look at it is is you know you go back to the basics. So you start with things that are free, yeah. right? So Facebook, LinkedIn, um, Instagram, and and just being able to have your channels sort of looking and feeling proper. Yeah. Um, so you don't want to be you know, in a picture with an important channel that you may deem important, like LinkedIn, which is more of a professional business network, and you're in, you know, boxers or something, you know? <laughs> um, so you want to be appropriate to the channel and leverage the free things first, you know, and just get everything correct. And then when people contact you, you know, be able to make sure that it's, you know, connected on your phone so you can respond. Yeah. You know, I've been, you know, I'm not that great on LinkedIn and I'll see people who have sent me stuff you know, 30 days before, yeah. you know, I, that was years ago, but, but it's like, those are the problems you need to solve. Those are the basics. If somebody's trying to get in touch with you via LinkedIn or Facebook or, you know, Instagram now, Twitter, you know, at least have the means of knowing, you know, how to use the system, go on YouTube, you know, spend the few minutes it takes to learn the system. Yeah. You know, Snapchat, Snapchat is a big oh, one. God. Are, 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 is there going to be pictures of yeah. uh, you with dog ears or something like that out there? It's funny because a buddy of mine and like I, I'm the, you know, we send stuff which we don't really know how to use it. So we send, you know, a picture of, of, you know, some stupid picture, you know, back and forth, um, once in a while, but my kids are slowly teaching me how to, um, you know, to use that channel. But it's funny. I'll give you a story. So, so this past week, um, you know, I was, I, well, you know, I'll start off, I'll build the background here. So we have this app, you know, marketing team and, you know, we're in a conference room and they're actually looking on my YouTube channel, which is Ramos Media Network. 
And um, so if you search that, you'll find my YouTube channel. So there's all these videos and we have like, you know, design and build and how to, how to type stuff. And I had used this marketing company in the past and they did like a pre, you know, intro and an exit and they, you know, pulled together good two, three minutes. And I was like, you know, at the time I was like, it was fantastic. You know, it was better than what I had, which was nothing. And, you know, the marketing team, I, you know, was getting prepared before I got there. And they looked at my daughter's video um, and I think you're the one that brought it up, remember? And you, mm -hmm. you guys, hey, of all these videos, James, that you did, you know, who made this video of you and your family in New York? And I was like, <laughs> my daughter, Abby, she's, she's like, can we hire her? But she's 15 years old and she knows how to wield around through, you know, her Apple computer. And she, you know, synthesized a bunch of video and pictures and, you know, in a very short, succinct manner. And it was like a minute and a half or something. And yeah. it was a fantastic video. Yeah, the music, you know? I remember there was, just, it was, it was the most captivating muse, uh, video that you actually had on your, your YouTube channel at the time. Yeah. And, and yeah, it was, you know, how, how much, because we, we always talk about how internet's basically changed all sorts of different industries, whether it's, uh, you know, from a media point of view, newspaper, radio, uh, television. I mean, it's just, it's changed industry after industry after industry. What about the real estate market? I mean, how has that changed you know, how people, one, search for houses, two, look for uh, agents, and, and three, maybe look for uh, ways to renovate, and, you know, they come in with ideas to you. I mean, do they go to their Pinterest account, say, James, that's the kitchen I want, make that happen? Yeah, well, first off, you don't have to be this big conglomerate to be able to afford uh, an enormous, you know, advertising budget. So putting together a video, you don't need, you know, it's just like a PowerPoint presentation, yeah. you know, 20 years ago. I mean, you don't need to pay someone, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to build a website, get on Wix, you mm -hmm. know, put some pictures there. I mean, get an idea of what the consumer really wants. They want to understand, you know, it's an online brochure of yourself or whatever your, you know, services you're providing or, um, and then some way to contact you, you know, and as far as like, you know, Facebook and LinkedIn and all the different channels, I think it's just important to, you know, not just set them up properly, like we talked about, but be consistent about it. Mm -hmm. You know, don't just go in and out in that 90 day, you know, silver bullet type, you know, effect where you're in for 90 days out, you know, trying something different and you never really get anything that's, you know, that's steadfast and, you know, that's got some oomph be behind it. Mm -hmm. Now, has it changed how people approach you? When it comes to like their bathroom or it comes to their kitchen or their, their master, whatever it might be, has it changed how people approach you? Because, you know, there there is such a, uh, you know, ubiquitous sense of, uh, you know, how what certain bedrooms look like and what your kitchen should look like. And, well, you know, are people yeah. more aware or is the buyer, I guess, a little bit more sophisticated than in past years based on the, the website? Yeah, I mean. I think a rule of thumb would be is if you can offer, you know, three hours or more on your website for free yeah. of content, but where, you know, that's good. You know, do you, you know, before you ask for something, right. Before yeah. you ask when it's not about money, but you're asking for an email or asking for your phone number or things like that. You know, it's a lot softer way to get the information, but definitely, you know, have at minimum three hours, whether it's answers for how to, or, you know, a little bit about yourself, what you do, this, that, or the other, and some information about the area that you're farming and stuff like that and what you do, right? I think what's the most intriguing piece about it is, is that if you have the content that talks about yourself and what your services are, you know, those three hours of, of media, if you will, whether it's in print or video, it's a lot better to be talking with someone for the first time when they've already been introduced to yourself. Yeah. Right? So it's almost like, you know, a cousin or a family member referring you. It's just a lot warmer, 
reception than it would be if you were calling somebody and cold calling. So when you have that content, you know, it's just an online, you know, brochure of the services in yourself. And the more information you have, the more they're going to fall in love, if you will, you know, with your personality and how you go about doing things. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to a couple of restaurateurs around, uh, around uh, the state and they were talking about the idea of like this, there's this television show on, I think the cooking channel and it's called Chopped and you know, it's a massive success. A lot of people watch it and, and basically they're saying it makes it more difficult now to serve food to people because they're used to watching all these ingredients and how it should taste and hearing yeah. these judges interact with the chefs and and now everyone's basically a judge in their own mind. Right. And so everyone has an idea of what a molten lava cake should taste like or, or what a deconstructed uh, beignet or whatever yeah. should be like. And and so they said it makes it made it exponentially harder and people are now more snobbish where now people would go dine at their place in the past. They'd be like, oh, this place is fantastic. Thank you for having us. And life would go on. But now it's just basically changed the game completely. And I was wondering, you know, has, have you guys felt that kind of effect? Oh, absolutely. When it comes to like renovating houses or, or building new houses at Rainbow most design and yeah, build. I mean, the home that and, kind of effect. Yeah, the, I mean, the home and garden networks and many of the real estate channels, whether it's the brothers or, you know, doing renovations and his brother is a, you know, realtor, it's the husband and wife team. No matter what, it has brought a much higher level of understanding of the area, yeah. you know, of, of this of this line of business. And it makes it more tough because a lot of times people don't realize that some of these projects are subsidized. You can't do a whole home renovation in some of these shows for like 30 grand. <laughs> you know, I want to do... People don't realize you know, I saw it. this show last week and... You know, they did this whole home renovation and the home was 5,000 square feet for like $70,000. I was like, really? Um, let's get them to do that project for us and I'll hire them. Yeah. I'll be the builder <laughs> and I'll hire another builder to do that work. And, and I think people are starting to realize that. But, but I tell you, you know, some of the tools and the things that they use um, from a graphical standpoint are things that we should do. You know, consumers today should actually work with a good design builder or you know, if there's an architect, have the builder along too. So they're pricing as they do the design and get those visuals. It's a lot cheaper mm -hmm. to make changes before you start laying brick and sticks in the pre-construction phase than it is to start making changes as you're building a home. Mm -hmm. We'll continue our conversation here on the Move With Me program with James Ramos of Ramos Design and Build and jamesramos.com. I'm Dan Maduri. Continue our conversation here on the Movie Program. I'm Dan Maduri with uh, James Ramos, host of the Movie Program. And, you know, I guess, James, you actually caught yourself uh, up in a scandal on social media over the weekend for your cooking skills. Oh, from, yeah. uh, and I saw it and everyone's going nuts. It. They were freaking out on you. <laughs> and I was like, of course. he, Of course, he would allow himself to get, you know, whipped into yeah. <laughs> uh, a social media, uh, uh, you know, a folly, if you will. It was hilarious. So one of the things that I wanted to start working on was my skills doing a video. Yeah. You know, just the basic skills doing a video. So I love to cook. I did a video of a, me making a Cuban sandwich. You know, the title is, it's this is my personal Facebook page, but I think I did posted it public, but it was Cuban making a Cuban, you know, and I talked about this is how my Abuela would make the Cuban. Well, a few things that I haven't really commented back is, is that I replaced roasted pork with turkey because mm -hmm. we just didn't buy it. And then my cousin called another cousin and my cousin called me and he said, Hey James, you know, you're not supposed to clump the ham. And I clumped the ham because my wife had it cut too thin, you know, at Publix, <laughs> you know, and then somebody said, this is not real Cuban bread. You need to go to El Segundo with the palmetto leave yeah. and forget this Publix bread. Then 
then I think I put mayonnaise in my mustard. Oh my God! I thought you know it was like I was accused of rewriting history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you didn't know there's no cheese on there either. So it's like I don't know if I'm more afraid of the North Koreans or <laughs> are these guys on uh, you know commenting on Facebook. One of my friends was like, "Why don't you do spaghetti sauce this weekend?" You know, while you're sitting sitting inside and put just a big bottle of ketchup in there. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah, I mean, I guess when it comes to social media, do, do you find that people take it as uh, you know fact or are they a little bit skeptical when they see some of your agents on social media? I mean, when it comes to the idea of them listing certain types of homes, when you, when you have certain agents posting that home online, is is that met with a certain either one cynicism or two skepticism? Well, I think for the most part, you know, you can look at some of the good things people are doing and they can become redundant, yeah. you know, so it, there's a life cycle for everything. But I like when folks, you know, there was, it was real popular where, where you would have a sale and then you would take a picture in front of the house in your sign. So, you know, people can see what the sign says and the clients are in the background and they say some comment and you post it. Hey, the Maduris just bought a great house. Congratulations to them. And it's a picture of you, your wife and your kid in front of my sign. I'm in the background. It's a basic selfie. It doesn't need to be professional, but it means a lot. Lot. You know, yeah. it's like, okay, God, you know, so-and-so just sold a house to the Maduris and, you know, they look pretty Do you ever happy. find a buyer that says like, you know what, I'd, I'm just, I'm sorry. Oh, Thank you God, for finding yeah. me a house, yeah, but I'm not posing yeah, for you. Yeah, we've built homes and we can't take pictures of them. <laughs> we can't, we can't put our sign up. Does that bother front. you? Because I mean, you did put your blood, sweat and tears into your project. We you just take did. them very serious. Well, yeah, it and, does. I mean, and, we, and now you don't, you now, it's, it's basically like I carried and labored and I had a baby and now you just ripped it from me and I don't even we get just, to look at it. We, we, we're working on a project on Bayshore and uh, Gandhi, it's a 24 unit complex and it's a condo conversion. It's a great value, a little bit under 400 grand and it's right, you know, steps away from Bayshore. And the developer didn't put my name on the sign and it's sitting on the corner of Bayshore and Gandhi. So in theory, you know, I want people to know yeah. You know, because I mean, I got to let people know, right? I'm, I don't want to be best kept secret. We're building the house on Bayshore and Euclid and my name's not on the sign. So in a, in a sense, you know, it's like, well, you know, it didn't fit and we had so much size, this, that, or the other, but it is what it is. I mean, people know at the end of the day, you know, when they buy the home, yeah. you know, they know that, that we have our product in there and, you know, it was our expertise that got that luxury product. I like to tell people, you know, as far as, you know, where my construction business is, it really doesn't matter. It's how many signs I have out in yards showing people that I'm doing. <laughs> In renovations in your neighborhood, building ground up construction, doing the things that you can do. So, you know, when I tell a lot of the agents, I mean, the best thing you can do is, you know, list to last, right? Get as many listings as you can. People are going to recognize that this guy's a force to be reckoned with, especially when you close on a deal. If I'm a person who's a prospective, uh, you know, looking for a real estate agent, I look in my real estate agent, as, as you mentioned, you know, just, you know, build up your listing uh, list and, and people will recognize you. But if you if you have someone who you know has twenty properties they're currently listing, they come they want to represent your house or whatever it is. I mean, is that a quality person to go with? I mean, if you're one of twenty one on his list, does that actually make sense to go with someone like that, or do you want to go with someone who's one who's only got five other listings and can truly focus? on your individual house and, and what you're looking for? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, every situation is unique. I mean, if all 21 listings are in your neighborhood and they basically have a lock on the market, it yeah. may make sense to go with that same guy. I mean, but it's, or girl, you know, but it, I think the situation is, 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 uh, you know, as, assessed as you see it. So whatever makes common sense, if somebody knocks on your door and they have the gumption to actually knock on the door, and they're aggressive enough to meet you and they're kind and, you know, explain to you why you're, you know, they're knocking on your door like, hey, inventory's low. 
Dan, and you know, um, if you're interested in ever selling your home, please call me. Um, it's a very effective approach. And sometimes, you know, most of the time, you know, you may get turned down, but you will be in the back of their mind. It's a lot better than just sending a letter to someone's house, you know, which is in a clutter of other, you know, mail and things. So absolutely. I mean, I think that, you know, when you're, um, if you're the consumer out there and you're trying to assess, get three bids, if you will, whether it's a, you know, I wouldn't call a bid to be meeting, you know, three agents, but get three people that you're going to meet with. If you're doing a renovation project, get three bids, you know, go out and, and go do the background check, talk to the people that they've, that they've worked on. Um, you know, make sure that they have something that's big to lose. If somebody doesn't have anything to lose, they're probably not going to be that, um, what that interested yeah. if your project was to go astray. Yeah. Because they really don't have anything to lose. So yeah. what are they worried about? Yeah. Well, what, what does somebody realize, okay, this real estate agent's not working out for me? I mean, when, do, when do you make that connection? When do you look and say, okay, I just, I don't agree with his marketing structure. I don't agree with what the, 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 the approach he's taking or she's taking. And I'm just, you know, I call her and I, she doesn't answer the phone or doesn't get back well, to me. Well, if and, they don't do the block, I mean, the basics, the blocking and tackling, if they're not answering the phone, they're not getting back to you when yeah. you ask for things repeatedly, that's a problem. Yeah. You need to cut the cord quickly. But as far as, you know, the majority of people who actually do the blocking and tackling and things that, that, that one would expect of a business professional, you know, for the most part, a lot of times when things aren't selling, it's because it's overpriced Yeah. or there's some issue with the property. Okay. So if your agent is actually forthcoming or whether you're a consumer or you're an agent, but my advice is be very clear as to what it is um, this property is worth or if you're a designer, what it's going to cost, you know, for these designs. I mean, are you asking for champagne on a beer budget? Yeah, yeah. And if you're a builder, the same thing, you know, be very, you know, you don't want to be in that ninth inning and you're stroking, you know, change orders, you know, asking for extra money because you didn't, you know, think that this, it was going to cost this much and nothing really changed. So, you know, that's an integrity you know, issue right there. Yeah. Now, if the, if the homeowner makes a million changes, of course, there's going to be a change order and things. But, but I look at it the same approach from the consumer side. You know, don't go and keep on asking people until you find that person that's giving you the answers that they want to hear, Yeah. that, you know, you want to hear. And then you end up, you know, partnering with that person, signing a contract or a listing agreement. And then you find yourself like, oh my God, what happened? Well, you actually went and asked enough people to you know, finally get the answers that you wanted to hear, and you really didn't listen yeah. to what the true professionals were telling you. Yeah, yeah. So have you ever had uh, an argument with like a potential seller about uh, you know, the listing price and said, like, I can't list it for that? Have you ever walked away from a listing saying, I can't list it for that? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I don't list that much property, but I, I, I don't want to lose the listing. You know, so when an agent has the potential for a listing and, they're, and it's way off you know, the norm, the average or what it, you know, what the market value is, you know, all you're going to do is spin your wheels for four or five months and you're going to spend your money marketing it and your time. And you're going to end up losing the listing because the, the seller is going to get frustrated with you. Yeah. You know, because at the end of the day, you got, you did actually agree to the price, you know, now sometimes, you know, a, a seller may say, Hey, you know, let's give it a shot. I know it's a hundred grand more than what it's worth or whatever, you know, 50 grand more than what it's worth. And, 
And what I recommend to the agents is, okay, you know, we're all in agreement that this is overpriced. Let's build a model that we can step down the price so I don't have to keep on getting, you know, going through this conversation with you, getting your signature, going back and forth and having this conversation. We know it's overpriced. Yeah. Let's look at it, you know, a 60 day model and we're going to, you know, drop that price to a certain threshold without me having to go back and forth with you, Mm -hmm. you know, revisiting the same conversation. And that's, that's pretty effective. Yeah. Yeah. And so when, when you, when you take that listing on or when uh Remax beta Bay takes that listing on, you know, it, what is the expectation of the seller? Like how quickly should you move a property? I mean, is there, do you understand that some properties are going to sit longer than other properties? If you're a seller, do you say, you know, it's been 60 days and they still haven't moved my property. What the heck are these guys doing? Yeah. I They're mean, not I think, working. I think one of the biggest metrics that a consumer can look at, and I'm talking to consumer, somebody that's willing, that's selling their home, you know, can look at when they're interviewing the agents is, is how long do their properties typically last on the market? So if that agent is coming to you saying, Hey, Dan, you know, you know, I typically get homes from the time that we list to contract in less than 30 days for me to accept your listing that's 20% over market. It's going to screw up my metrics. And I, we agree to pass on it, you know, mm-hmm. which not many people do that, but, but that's an honorable thing. I mean, yeah. that's a, so from a, you know, from the seller side, if you're looking at those statistics, I mean, just be aware. I mean, some people put properties on and they just are so excited to get a listing and the property's so more expensive than what it's worth. It's just a waste of time. Yeah. You know, and I, and and I look at it as like a race, you know, like a pole position. So, so if you look at the inventory of particular market, I mean, things are moving in certain markets and things aren't, you know, depending on the market. But if you look at the inventory, always look at it like a race. So if I put my property on the market, where would I be when the race starts? Am I in first position or am I in 30th? So if I'm in 10th position, then I know that nine other homes need to sell before mine. So just sit back and chill out. Don't blame the agent because he's not doing his job. We just all agreed that the price is too high and it's overvalued. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll continue our conversation with the Move Me program. James Ramos, jamesramos.com. Alex Rodriguez, the director of creative strategy at Yummy Marketing, joining us next. Hi, we're back. This is James Ramos with the Move With Me radio show. We're here with Alex Rodriguez from Yummy Marketing. That's Y-M-M-Y marketing.com. Alex is the director of creative strategy. Glad you're here, Alex. How you doing? Very good. Thank you. And thanks for inviting me. So tell us about what you do. Yeah, sure. Briefly, what we do is we help companies raise their visibility, evolve their brand, and attract more business. And usually the tactics that we favor are the digital tactics because the latest research says that most consumers will verify or will look, they'll confirm a purchase decision online. And it's even more influential than any other medium right now uh, just because right now we have a very high-powered uh, supercomputer in our pocket at all times. Right. So this is the way to intercept uh, the consumer's interest phase, their awareness phase, come in at the right time, give them the valuable information, empower them to make a decision, and then they can go ahead and make the purchase or go to the facility or wherever the case may be. I mean, it must be um, tremendous to be able to impact not just the larger businesses like you know Nike and you know the guys that you would think, okay, they're spending so much money in, in brand building and things, and one would never be able to um, do the things that they're doing. But you have the opportunity to not just deal with the bigger clients, but also the smaller ones. 
Well, yes, this is the kind of the advantage that the digital era has afforded us is that you can perform at any scale you want. You don't have to put in a minimum budget, you know, as if you were going on the Super Bowl commercials or going, right. you know, pl- placing yeah. a, a spot on ABC. You can go to any scale you want and really go for the objectives that you're looking for. Naturally, you wouldn't have the same, obje- uh, small business wouldn't have the same objective as a Nike or as an Apple. So it's much more fit to be scalable to whatever your goals would be. So what are the top three trends now going on in digital marketing? Right now, the top three trends would be, number one, digital advertising is becoming a, a, a major sense in, this, in, the, in the media mix in that, again, you're able to scale, you're able to pinpoint exactly what you're looking for. So digital advertising is becoming much more sophisticated than what it used to be, which was it used to be banner advertising back in the 90s, and right. that was it. Now you can target down to interest demographics in market, um, really target down to people that are um, looking for exactly what you're looking for, and that's because of the huge amount of data that's now available. The second is AI, and we're looking very closely at um, artificial intelligence and uh, bots to communicate, especially on the customer service side. Um, we're, we're consulting with, an, with a firm where they're doing high, sophisticated customer service, both on the acquisition and the retention end, um, all based on AI, um, artificial intelligence, chatbots, and whatnot. So that's the second trend. And the third trend, I would say, is that there, you know, now you have the speed of the Internet is just unparalleled in any other time in history, which then affords you to do much more rich interactive experiences, right. such as virtual reality, augmented reality, and whatnot. So companies that you would never think back 10 years ago would ever get involved into virtual reality are now saying, this could be a medium to present my message to a, a potential consumer. Right. Uh, so these would be the top, ten, uh, top three things that we're looking at. That's great. Let me give you a situation and give me your opinion. So you know the businesses that I'm in, You know, one of which is, is Remax. We have four offices across two counties. We have over 100 agents. So when you go to, let's say, for example, in Vegas, they have a national sales meeting, okay? And at the mm-hmm. national, well, it's a global sales meeting. So at the global sales meeting, there's over 100,000 agents around the world. There's probably, I think the last time I went, there's probably 15 to 20,000 agents there. And they have this area that's the vendor center, okay? So you go down to this vendor center and it is, it is chock full of marketeers, you know, from people who do print and signs, postcards, all the way to you know, consultants, and many of the folks who provide leads, one of which is Realtor.com, Zillow, Trulia, and so forth, right? So when you're an agent and you have a certain limited budget, right, and you're dealing in real estate, and let's say this agent is, you know, smart enough to know that, okay, we're not going to do residential and commercial, so they're going to be real focused. So let's say, you know, they're smart enough to just focus on one particular area because it can be vast. Um, What would you recommend them uh, as far as a spend, I mean, what are the steps that they're looking at to better market themselves and get the best bang for their buck? Right. Well, I think the first thing to really realize is what at what phase is it important to interface with this person that's looking for the value that you're offering? Right. So is it more of an 
awareness? Is it more of an interest? Is it more of an engagement phase? So it, it really depends on what you're looking to do because uh, naturally the costs become, you know, they, they sort of climb as you go down the funnel, so to speak. And this right. funnel is kind of marketing speak to say the deeper the engagement with you, the more you would pay to acquire that person because then that person is a little bit more qualified to end up and more probable to end up in an acquisition. So um, let me interrupt here. So, so what you're yeah. saying is, is that there's a difference between brand building versus basically just getting a lead, right? So lead you, you pay Zillow and you get, you know, you buy a zip code and you want to get a lead. You're getting a lead versus, you know, I'm going to put an ad in the newspaper or I'm going to talk about, you know, myself and the wins that I've had. It's almost, you know, it's very difficult to get that bang for the buck when you're brand building, right? Is, is that mm -hmm. the, is that where you're following, you know, the path yeah, that you're I taking? Mean, that, that, number one, this, this, absolutely. There is a complete difference between awareness, which is what you're, you're calling brand building. Right. And then there's the lead portion, which is more on the acquisition phase. They're very different tactics and they're very different goals to be pursued. Now, as far as your question on whether brand building gives you the bang for the buck, it really uh, depends. So let's, let's say, for example, uh, you are, you know, you are under a recognized brand, uh, Remax, and you have these recognized brands that you represent. Um, when you're talking about brand building, it's important to understand, number one, what is the level of awareness of my current brand? And, and you know, just think of a number from zero to ten. How, how much do people recognize the brand that I'm representing? And number two, um, if it's down on the three to zero uh, phase, the lift that you need to invest in to push that brand forward is going to be so, so mountainous that you might find that the budget is just not, you know, you, you can't really uh, afford such a budget. Now, if you see that your brand awareness is on the top end, but all you need to do is a little bit more visibility on that brand, then you can see that a minimum brand building effort will pay off dividends because people will say, here, this person or this firm is associated with this brand, which is a recognized brand, and therefore, by lifting this association, it brings that credibility that that brand has it comes all over you upon everything that you do. And I think it's a much better investment in the end. Right. Well, we're here with Alex Rodriguez from Yummy Marketing. He's the director of creative strategy. He's also the author of a book that he recently published. It's called Digital Bacon. And in Digital Bacon, it says, make your online presence irresistibly attractive. Tell us about the book and why you wrote it. That, yeah, sure. The book is all about helping business owners, professionals, consultants to put, place their best online presence out there. And as the subtitle you just read says, make your online presence irresistibly attractive. We believe that there are five elements that make a, an online presence for a business irresistibly attractive. And that's summarized in the acronym BACON, which is the title of the book, Bacon. Okay. So if you'd like me to I run just figured through you liked book, bacon, Alex. Yeah, well, I yeah. do. <laughs> but aside from that fact, um, it is an acronym that represents the five elements that we look at whenever we're developing a campaign. Okay. So the five elements very, very quickly are, number one, based on reality. So the successful online presences are not based on wishes or whims. They're actually based on realities about the market, about the comp competition, and about the industry in general. A represents an aimed towards results. So aimed towards results just means that when you put forth an, a, a campaign, even an online presence, 
You're looking for a particular result in mind. You're not looking to just check off the checklist. You're looking to get a result. And many times those results are expressed in numbers. I'm going to get back to that point very briefly. Number three is the C that represents creatively developed. Creatively developed means that a successful online presence cannot be cookie cutter. It cannot be mediocre. It has to represent the brand in the best light because consumers today have the possibility, have the ability to compare you against the best of the best in any field. So it's important to show up as such. Um, o represents organized in propagation, which means that when you put your message out there, you're selecting your channels, you're selecting your time of day in a very programmed manner. So in order to reach your potential audience in the most effective manner. And then N represents numerically measured. Numerically measured just means that at the end of the day, you're going to know if you failed or you succeeded based on the numbers. What do the numbers say? And if the numbers, you, you reach the numbers that you were aiming towards in the second phase, great, your campaign succeeded. If you don't meet it, then you have the opportunity to tweak and to optimize to make sure that next time around you do meet it. But everything expressed in numbers is the light of the path and it'll get you to your goal. Very methodical. I love it. I love it. So we're here with Alex Rodriguez from Yummy Marketing. He's a director of creative strategy. We're going to be back after a few words from our sponsors. His web address is Yummy Marketing and it's spelled YMMYmarketing.com. And he's also the author of Digital Bacon. We'll be back with Alex Rodriguez in a few. All right, we're back with a Move With Me radio show. This is James Ramos here with Dan Maduri. We're talking to Alex Rodriguez from Yummy Marketing. He's a director of creative strategy. It's Yummy Marketing, Y-M-M-Y-Marketing.com. He's the author of Digital Bacon. So we were talking about the book, Digital Bacon, and it's very methodical how Alex goes through the bacon, the B-A-C-O-N. And one of the things that I know I'm speaking for a lot of agents and design build professionals out there, there's so many things that you can do now. It's almost overwhelming. Do you post personal things in Facebook and you mix it with business? Do you use LinkedIn? Is that appropriate? Everybody knows kind of what they should be doing, but it's that grind day in and day out. And it's almost like a look back. One of the consultants that I have, Alex, he had said, you know, it's almost the silver bullet theory. And I was like, what is that? He goes, many of the agents today, they will try things out for 90 days. They'll get frustrated because they don't see a return. They'll switch to something else. As you know, a real estate agent is their own little business. Okay. Some of them have teams. Some of them, it's a two man team. Some of them, it's their own selves. And as a broker, we try to provide as many, I call it build the field and hope that they come and they stay. So we, we try to provide as many services as we can. It's limited because you know we can't do the job for them. But as far as aligning ourselves with a very good brand like Remax, for example, there's a lot of great brands out there, providing class A office space, providing an avenue for them to go and get websites and templated type approach, um, approaches that is a less costly for them. So if you're an agent out there, or if you're a builder or a designer, and you're that a young as far as, as it relates to the life cycle of your business, and you just don't have those relationships and you belong to five country clubs and you know your mom and your dad used to do the same thing you did and you're you know in the third generation of being an agent, you know, what are you, you know, to do as it relates to cut through all the clutter and get out there and start marketing yourself? Yeah, that's a great topic, and and it's something that's been my interest for the past two years right now. And I heard you got another book. Yeah, this is the the um, I guess the official announcement because I have not announced it publicly, but I do have a book in the <laughs> Sorry if I, if I no, the no, cat no, out of the bag. Great. This is great. This is great. No, this my book is going to be all about 
helping consultative professionals and which real estate professionals I understand um, fall into that category to help them raise their profile and differentiate themselves in a crowded market. So the book title is Sell You Before You Sell. And the, the whole idea behind the book is that there are two types of transactions. There's one that you're familiar with when people sign the contract and they're ready to go. But there's a first transaction that's called the transaction of attention. Sociologists and psychologists have been talking about this for the longest time. In branding, we have not really put our finger on that, that there is a transaction that occurs when people pay attention to you and they're looking for you to deliver value to them. And the transaction of attention, when it succeeds, it generates expectation. And expectation is all about, you know, understanding your brand, understanding your value. What what experience will I receive when I work with this particular agent? So it's important for your agents and anybody listening to create more transactions of attention, which will generate expectation and then will generate the final close of the property that they're selling or buying. So when we're talking about how to put forth your best personal brand, there are four elements that are important to look at. And these four elements, really quickly, are that it has to be authentic. It has to be in line with who you are as a person. There are so many approaches that I see out there that are so cookie cutter or they're just hiding behind their corporate brand. But everything you do needs to have your personal flair because people are interested in working with you at the end of the day, in your values, in your story, in who you are as a human being. Uh, second, it has to be attractive. So the attractiveness um, is not just polishing and just putting on makeup. It's also, it's, it's more about understanding who you're trying to reach. What is the demographic? What is the key cultural uh, sector that you're trying to reach? And making things appealing for them. Um, aligned is the third quality. And being aligned is all about representing yourself exactly for what you offer to the market. So I see so many agents out there that if you look at their LinkedIn profile, they're talking about sports, they're talking about politics, but they're not really talking about their expertise, which should be their region, their zone, their demographic that they're trying to reach. So they unfortunately suffer from misalignment because they're just off-topic 95% of the time. You know, so it's important. I, you know, yeah, not, you know not, not to interrupt, but, you know, it's a go radio ahead. show, right? right? So why not? Let's but, go. But, Let's but, do it. But um, when, you, when you talk about that, so it's almost like how much can they talk about their, you know, what they're – I mean, the old adage is, is tell, tell people what you do you know, consistently over the course of time, right? And they say, if you tell them five times, you should tell them 10, you know, but I guess when I see people that do that and they mix in a little bit of personal, a little bit of sports, you know, uh, politics are probably not the best idea, but, um, you know, it feels like it's a better blend. And what you're saying is it's not necessarily aligned or is there like a fine balance of the two? Well, there's, a, there's an art and a science to it. And just in, in very brief, um, so let's say, for example, you are a, a real estate agent in this zone of, let's just say, for the sake of, of, of our example, let's say South Tampa. Okay. So it's perfectly fine to talk about happenings around South Tampa because that's going to project you as an expert right. in that area. So events happening, fun activity, family activity, school activity, all of that is aligned with your expertise. So you don't alignment doesn't mean that you have to say, I've got this property on say, on on contract, I've got this property, uh, this listing. That's that sort of burns your audience because it's, then it's all about sell, 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 sell. Right. But right. to project you as an as an expert in your field, or like like I said earlier, uh, let's say your demographic is selling real estate to millennials. So you should project yourself as an expert in all things millennials, the shows they watch, the media they consume. That is very important to connect with people of uh, like-minded manner. I'm with you. 
Yeah, we have an yep. agent in Palm Harbor. His name is David Bolton. He's an excellent agent. And one of the things that he does, which is really unique, is is he will go around in Palm Harbor and the areas that he farms in Tarpon Springs and the surrounding areas, and he will go and interview the owners of restaurants that are in that area. So it's a very soft you know, sell, if you will. It's not necessarily selling, but it's a it's a nice way to, you know, infuse himself into the into the area and be an expert in what he does. Um, and, and it's about finding, you know, great homes for families. And by exactly. him doing and interviewing those things, it's very relevant. Um, you exactly. know, to you know, it's not like he's doing interviews in Seattle or anything. It's actually in the market that he farms and I think it's fantastic. Absolutely. That's the totally okay, so, the right approach. Okay, so we have authentic, we have attractive, you have aligned. What's the fourth? The fourth one is a word that may have been overused, but I go for the dictionary meaning, and it's awesome. I Personal love brands need to be awesome. And the, the idea behind awesomeness is to be unique, to distinguish yourself. Don't do things that are just run-of-the-mill, cookie-cutter, uh, mediocre, just because it's the easy way out. In fact, the easy way out is most, most likely the worst thing you can do because everybody's doing the easy thing. What can you do to make yourself awesome? I remember when I purchased my home, uh, my real estate agent, uh, after we closed and we moved in, she sent us a, a um, what was it, a pot of chili, right. homemade chili. And that was so awesome for her to do it, and she did it with no interest in mind. But from there, we referred to her to three fr- family friends uh, because she was so awesome at what she does. So it's that personal touch. It's, it's what makes you really unique and stand out is just dedicating a little bit more time. And what can I do to represent myself in a different way? I mean, it's so true. If, if, you, if, if you're an agent or any of these you know, design, build, buy, sell professionals, um, whether you're a designer, an agent, a contractor, an architect, um, you know, you spend so much time with your client and it's so important to finish you know, to finish strong, you know, anybody can start, you know, but finishing strong is, is almost paramount. And I love the fact that your fourth piece is awesome and it's the follow through and it's that little, you know, it's maybe handwritten letters because nobody really gets handwritten letters anymore or if it's a gift, you know, and what, what, one of the things that we're, we're putting together is, is a continuous gift, meaning, you know, like that you've heard of the shaver club club, you know, oh, yeah. you get shavers mm-hmm. every month, so forth. So we own, you know, one of our offices is downtown and we own the Indigo brand, the coffee business. So one of the things that, you know, a group of the agents wanted to do is, is, you know, at the end of each sale, you know, they typically go to the same little shop and they have to buy a hundred, hundred, two hundred dollar gift, you know, depending on the transaction size. And it's kind of a pain because you run out of platters and different things to buy. And one of the things that we're doing is we're putting together a press pot two coffee mugs, it's by Bodum, and two pounds of coffee. And then continuously over the course of the year, if you decide, you know, that agent can have a handwritten letter in a box, goes to that client, and, you know, most people drink coffee or we have a tea option too. But it's one of those things that I think is that, you know, it's that dot on the I, it's a cross on the T, it's just that fit and finish of how that agent and that professional or designer contractor is actually, you know, well-rounded and really completing the transaction and style. And you are going to get those you know, referrals and you are going to get those cousins, aunts and uncles to, to really, um, you know, get those referral pieces. Well, I tell you, Alex, it was, it has been, um, a pleasure having you on board. I've known you for a while now. This is Alex Rodriguez with yummy marketing. It's Y M M Y marketing.com. He's the director of creative strategy. Also the author of digital bacon and soon to be sell you before you sell. We're going to have all the information 
um, as your book launches, Alex. And I would love to host you at our design center, give you a nice welcoming event when you have this book launched. I appreciate your oh, time, thank bud. thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. All right, bud. Well, stay safe, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for the invitation. Well, this is James Ramos with the Move With Me radio show with Dan Maduri. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us today. If you missed all of the program or want to hear it again, listen to the podcast on jamesramos.com or on YouTube at Ramos Media Network. See you next week with Ramos Design Build, Tampa Bay's premier real estate design, build, and construction company.